for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. How's everybody doing? Did you incline your ears to all those announcements? We're going to have a lot of cool opportunities to give and to bless with some some global giving initiatives. So just want to encourage you guys to be part of that. Um, We know that as we've added missionaries and different things that we do, we want to make sure that you're aware of all of the things that that we're going to be able to be a part of. Sometimes somebody will be like, oh, we're doing something, and you'll jump on the first thing. Well, then there's still a second thing and a third thing coming up. So just pray about where to give or be part of all of them. You know, I think um, there's just a lot of opportunity to really uh, invest directly, specifically, and intentionally. And we're excited to partner with those missionaries to bless those kiddos and help them have a great Christmas. Amen. Amen. It's a big deal. So um, we are on week four and we are concluding our spirit led series. Anybody it's your first time here this morning? First time everybody's been here. So if you have missed any part of this series, you can go back and, and look at our Harvest Time Church podcast and you can catch every single one. This may be one that you want to go back and listen to. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of information. We're going to talk about um, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. We're going to give a, the, the function, the definition, how they kind of operate. So um, I would encourage you, if you are a picture taker, to snap a picture of each of those as they uh, kind of come across because it's going to be a lot to digest. We're going to move quickly. But I, I really want you to be aware of the Holy Spirit's function, okay? So we can talk about the Holy Spirit, but... We want to know what he does, how he does it, the purpose for which he does it. So um, just kind of want to inform you with what the message is going to look like today. But we're going to look at two of the most important things really in Scripture that uh, he talks about. He's going to teach us and he's going to remind us of all things. So one of the greatest uh, struggles that I hear as a pastor is that uh, a lot of people don't share the gospel or engage in biblical conversations with unchurched individuals because they feel inadequately educated to answer the questions they might be asked. You ever been in that situation where you're like, I don't want to talk to people about Jesus because what if they ask me a question I don't know? Guess what? There are tons of things we don't know. But our goal is to continually become more and more educated with what the Bible says of, you know, that guidance that he gives us. But one of the best ways we can educate ourselves is to be students of the word. Um, This week I was looking at just the statistics of Bible readers, of how much Bible reading, the culture, and the Ameri- you know, in America, how much reading we do. So as I studied, recent studies show that about 10% of, American re- of Americans read the Bible daily. So before the pandemic, that number was about 14%. So according to uh, this article, there was a direct correlation between church attendance and Bible reading. If you attended church, you read the Bible more. If you didn't attend church, it seemed like you read the Bible less, um, which we know during the pandemic, there was a huge you know, decline in the number of people that were attending church. Um, from 2011 to 2021, uh, the statistics said that about 50% of Americans said that they read their Bible on their own at least three or four times per year. Now, that really got my attention, and I, I kind of was at the place like, what in the world is happening with our Bible readers, with our Christians who are reading the Word. Can you imagine coming to me and saying, Pastor, I read my Bible three or four times, which I'm going to respond, great job this week. But no, you don't say this week, I read my Bible three or four times this year. 
Now that's mind-boggling that we would only that the, the statistic says that people are only reading their Bible three or four times per calendar year. That's like, did you even try? Kinda. Like, I mean, three or four times, you know. So, you know, that statistic really, really got my, my attention. So this, this statistic came from the Christian Today, April 20th, 2022. So we know that there is kind of a starvation of Scripture. There is not a lot of focus on reading Scripture. Let's not be that statistic. Let's change that statistic, all right? You're like, man, I'm going to read three times this week, and then I'm going to change that statistic, right? Um, so the, the, the biggest thing to be mindful of is that to be reminded of something, for us to be reminded of something, we have to have been informed of something. Like, I'm not going to say, hey, remember, I told you, if you have not yet been told. Okay, so in order to be reminded, there needs to be initial exposure to the Word of God. If the Holy Spirit's going to remind us of things, it has to be things that we've already read, things that we've already learned. If we're not reading the Bible, He's not saying, hey, remember what you read. He's saying, hey, Read it for the first time. Initial exposure is a big deal, okay? Moving on with that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit more later. But um, there are times where we are just forgetful or we quote Scripture slightly off. You know, like, we, you know, I mean, I'm, all, I'm always guilty of that. It's like, I don't know where it's at, but I can quote it and I kind of know it. Um, but let's not be fumbling and bumbling all over the Scripture because of a lack of reading the Scripture, right? We want to be students of the Word. We want to study the Word. We want to be educated in the Word. So we're going to look at our core Scripture for today, John 14, 26 through 27. In verse 26 of John 14, it says, But the Advocate, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit, says, Whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So when we look at the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the Helper, the two responsibilities of the Helper according to the Scriptures, first and foremost to teach you, and then secondly to remind you of all of the things spoken by Jesus through His Word. Okay, so one of the things in my life that changed when, when, I, when I received the baptism, so if you're like, baptism, what are you talking about the baptism? Go back and listen to that podcast. We had a whole sermon on that, but the baptism is just asking the Holy Spirit to come in and be fully released in the life of the believer. When I received that baptism, there was just a clearer understanding to Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean I understood it all, but before then, it was really hard to understand what I was reading, what it meant. How many of you have ever been reading Scripture and then there has just been an illumination of that Scripture where the Holy Spirit will show you something or there'll be a phrase that catches your attention and it's kind of like the words just kind of jump off the page, right? That is what happens with the illumination of Scripture. But when we don't know the Lord and, and may, maybe um, we just haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to really illuminate these Scriptures, it's sometimes difficult and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. 1 Corinthians 1.18 it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So what does that mean? For those who know God, they have a clear understanding of the gospel and the scripture just makes sense. But for those with no relationship with God, it just doesn't make sense. It reads like foolishness. You know, you read like, oh, I mean, I just don't get it. It's hard to understand. And so I would encourage you, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've asked the Holy Spirit to come and, and be released in your life, that he would also release that illumination of Scripture that you'd be able to understand. So 
This morning, let's focus on the two things that that scripture says that the Holy Spirit will do. He, he teaches us all things and he reminds us of all things. So let's look at the teaching side. He teaches us all things. So how does he teach us all things? The illumination of scripture. I know a lot of times we kind of just sit around and we're waiting for a word from the Lord or we're waiting for this inspiration when all of the time God has already given his scripture. It says all scripture is God breathed. It, is, it was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the hands of man, crafted and formed and fashioned. But the Bible said what God wanted it to say. He wrote in there what he wanted it, to, how he wanted it to read, he, how he, what he wanted us to get. I know a lot of times we will try to spend a lot of time focusing on those things in Scripture that really we're not going to get. But I would challenge you, instead of trying to uncover these deep uh, doctrinal ideas about Scripture, that we would just read what it says and that we would be obedient and have the revelation of what it does say. You know, I know we're always trying to say, well, is there a deeper meaning? Is there more to it? Like if you're trying to look through the Bible and determine if, if Adam had a belly button or not, you're never going to be successful figuring that out. You get the joke? Did Adam have a belly button? He was formed and fashioned by God. He didn't need an umbilical cord. Did he have a belly button? Good luck with that one. You'll never figure that out. But we can spend all our time trying to figure out things that don't really matter when all of the times the things written in Scripture is what matters. So we want to look at those things. We want those things to be illuminated. We want the Holy Spirit to teach us through His Scripture. And when we meditate on those Scriptures, there's just kind of a change. Man, I was blind, but now I see what it's talking about. The Holy Spirit teaches me. Psalms 119, 105, it says, But your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path or on my path. You know, if we're not using the Scripture to illuminate the path before us, we're going to have a lot of wrecks. We're going to mess up a lot of things. But let's do what the Scripture already has illuminated for us to do or not do or vice versa. So the illumination of Scripture is how the Holy Spirit teaches us. The second way is He releases the supernatural gifts to the church. He releases the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are to help edify, they're to equip, they're to teach, they're to train the gifts of the Spirit really are God's voice being spoken through believers, Spirit-filled believers, for the edification of the church. It is a great way that He teaches us, that He shows us, that He reveals these things. So when we talk about the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, we're going to look at three different areas. The gift, the purpose, and the function. So we have to understand, there is a gift. Great. What is the purpose of the gift? And how do we actually use the gift? So... This next part's gonna, we're going to move quick, but I want you to get it. The biggest thing is I want you to know uh, when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want you to be well informed with what they are, what they're not. And as we see them operate in the life of the church, it's not like, oh, what is this? this mystical, maybe this mystical thing that we don't understand or that we don't know, but it's very biblical. It's very uh, scripturally supported. So the gift. So understand this. The Holy Spirit is the giver of the gifts. So we have to understand it this way. The, 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 the believer is the mailman. The mailman doesn't have the gift. He just delivers the gift. Okay? So we have to see that when we talk about the gift, the gift comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not my gift. I don't have the gift. I, I don't even have the gift of, gift of the word of wisdom or the gift of prophecy. I don't have that gift. I can be utilized to give that gift to the people. The Holy Spirit has the gifts, and He uses those things, and He gives us that gift but understand the gift is intended to give to somebody else, right? You know, when the mailman shows up and I got my income tax return with my name on it, 
It's not really going to do him a whole lot to keep it, right? It has my name on it, but it is his responsibility to get it from the IRS to the mailbox into my hands. And that's kind of how the Holy Spirit, as he gives us those gifts, the whole point is to give it away. It's not to keep it. It's not to even give us like that we receive glory from that, but it's, it's God being glorified by his spirit by releasing those gifts. All right, so understand that we don't have the gift. We are not the gift. We are just the deliverers of the gift. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1. And then 4 through 11. So it's going to list the gifts. It's going to list what the purpose of the gift is. So bear with me as we read this. Starting in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So that, in that passage, I want you to be informed. I want you to be aware of what they are, is what Paul was saying here. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit uh, distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healings by, the, by, the, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So He wants us to be informed about spiritual gifts. He says that they're going to be edifying, they're going to be for the common good, and then He gives us the list, and He says at the end, the Holy Spirit distributes and delivers them to us as He determines. Right, So we're just kind of caught in this in-between and we're just here waiting at, at, to, to be used and to deliver what it is that the Holy Spirit gives us. So that word manifestation says the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The definition of manifestation means a showing forth. So the Holy Spirit, He wants to reveal these gifts. He wants to show us these gifts. He wants us to see tangibly those gifts in operation. But He wants to operate... Through the church, he wants to operate and release those gifts through spirit-filled believers to those who are sons and daughters of God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for every believer, not just the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. So what that means is every believer, that's you. He gives those gifts to all of us. Do you know that there's some Sundays that I have nothing? You know, I got leaders looking at me and they're like, you got anything? I was like, well, I'll just transition, but I don't have it. What that means is somebody in the room has it. May it be a word of knowledge. May it be a word of wisdom. May it be a direction to where the Spirit of God is leading us to. Um, now, I don't want to fake it either. Be like, oh, this, says, this is what the Lord is saying if I don't have it, right? Um, but I, I know that what happens when the people of God gather together, there are gifts that God wants to release to the church on a regular basis. And the believers in the room, not just the apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, and evangelists have it, but all of us are available as we yield and say, Lord, what are you giving to me? What do I need to contribute? What do I need to give? And understand the blessing happens when we give what God has given us, that we release that gift. If I just hold on to it, it doesn't benefit everybody. It doesn't benefit anybody. If anything, it makes you frustrated. It's like, why is, no, why is something not happening? Because the mailman or the mail lady is not delivering the mail that, that the Holy Spirit is released to the church, okay? Um, I, I really believe that he wants to show those things. He wants to manifest those things. But every believer, that includes all of us. So you can operate. I mean, you can only operate in the gift of the Spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. 
So the, gift of, the, the, the gifts are given to each one of us as the Spirit determines and as He distributes, okay? So we all get gifts to give away is, is, the, is the whole point, all right? Um, so so that, that's when we talk about the gifts. So what is the purpose? The purpose of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the gifts. So when we talk about the purpose, why, why do we need the gifts? So God wants to show forth His gifts, His presence, and He, he wants everyone to profit and to walk away being encouraged and, and being changed by the operation of the gifts. So the gifts are given to each one of, of us um, by the Spirit. So the purpose of the gift is, is the edification of the church and the common good. Okay? So this means that when the gifts are operating in the lives of the believers, we will leave encouraged and blessed by their use. Now, I've never been in a church service where somebody is operating in the gifts of the Spirit and walked away saying, wow, that sure wasn't encouraging, and wow, that was not uplifting. If anything, it's completely opposite, where when the, when the power of God is moving and, and people are operating in these gifts, we leave encouraged. And we're like, kind of like this wow. It's like, man, that was so good. You know, and... You know, it's super cool when God uses people who are, uh, I always feel like disqualified, unqualified. It's like, man, Lord, you're going to use me for that? It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God. But you can cooperate and you can partner with releasing those gifts. All you have to do is give away what He gives you, okay? But the purpose is that we're all encouraged. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 it says, what then shall we say, brothers and sister, when you, sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Here's the rule. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Okay? So the whole goal of the gifts of the Spirit is that we're edified, that we're built up, that we're encouraged. Not that we're scared or we're worried or, you know, um, I would say if there's a word given and it's really hard and it's like a cruel word and it kind of leaves you just depressed, I say there's probably a little bit of flesh in that or there's pretty a lot of, a lot of personal opinion because every time, um, I don't know, I just feel like God is a God that, he, you know, he, let's, say, let's say he wanted to deal with sin this morning. He's not necessarily going to rub your nose in the sin, but he's going to talk about what your life could look like separated from that sin. I'd much rather talk about that than what I'm dealing with. He's always going to look on a positive light. He's not going to expose sin. Like he's not going to say, oh, well, here's your sin and just nail you to the wall in a public. Like that's not the spirit of God. That does, man, that, that'll make you run from the church. So we have to be careful of what it is, what it's not. We have to understand what the gift, has anybody ever seen the gift of the spirit operated in a negative light? I got a yes, I got a head bob over here. I'll take that. But like, I think that we get exposed to it being done in the wrong way. And therefore we kind of say, ah, that ain't for me. I don't want that happening. But if we look at what the purpose is, we can hope to embrace them, to release them, to operate in them um, and try to have as little of us involved in it, but a whole lot of the Holy Spirit involved in it as far as the delivering it, right? You don't need to take the note out, add to the note, and then give it away. Just share the note, right? You know, just give what it is that um, the Holy Spirit has given you. So, so we, we look at the gift, we look at the purpose, and then we have to look at the function. So the function is kind of like, um, I don't know if any of you have the luxury of having seat warmers in your car, but you know, I don't know if you've ever accidentally grazed the seat warmer and all of a sudden your seat is on fire and you don't know what's going on. My wife said, if you think you peed yourself, your seat warmer inadvertently got turned on. 
And I was like, I never thought that with my seed warmer. I was like, okay, I'll share that if that's relevant. Um, I just was like, what is going on? And you know, the other side is some of these cars, they have cooling, cooling seats now where it's like automatic air conditioning on your backside, I guess. I haven't experienced that one. I probably could use the air conditioning instead of the heaters in my truck. But uh, nonetheless, it is a function that is available, but if I don't turn it on or I don't know that the function is available, I probably will never benefit from the gift and what was installed in the vehicle. My grandma, she always buys the nicest, best new cars and she has no clue about anything. Like hit that button, what is this? And she goes, mijito, I don't do any of that. I just drive the cars. Like, okay. Man, there's so many features, and that's kind of how the Holy Spirit is. There are so many features and benefits to the gifts of the Spirit where if we don't understand the function, we won't even hit the button and experience the cool factor of when we turn it on. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at these nine gifts. We're going to go rather quickly because I don't want to spend a ton of time, but I do want you to be exposed to them. Where when we see these gifts functioning, we're not like, oh, what is that? I don't know what that is. And we take off and we run out the door. But when we see these functions and we see these gifts and we see the purpose and we understand all of these, we welcome them. We see them. And it's really cool because then you're like, oh, oh man, that's the heat warmer. Or, oh, oh, that's the defrost button. You start recognizing, oh, man, that's the knob that turns on the windshield. You know, you start being familiar with the, with the practice of the function. And then we're like, man, that's a word of wisdom. Man, that's a word of knowledge. That's a gift of special faith. And we start connecting the dots. Now, I would challenge you, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because we're going to talk about really quickly tongues and interpretation of tongues. As soon as we start talking about tongues, everybody's like, oh, I'm done talking about this. This is just weird stuff. Listen. You can't have all of the other stuff and not tongues. It's part of the nine gifts. Okay, So the Holy Spirit is the giver of all of the gifts. He determines what He does, when He does, how He does it, and who He gives it to. It's not up to us to determine, but it's for us to be aware. Because I believe there's something, man, Lord, I want a word of wisdom. I want a word of knowledge. I want prophecy, but I don't know about this tongues thing. We can't have one without the other. It's the same person. It's the same giver. And it's up to Him that determines. You know, I would probably say if if you're having to grow in your faith, I would probably say he's going to use the gift that offends you the most. Why? Because you've got to get over being offended because it's going to be a blessing. And God wants to change you and change your perspe- perspective. And You ever had somebody, God use somebody to give a word that you know their life didn't equate to being worthy of the word? I was like, man, that joker, I know that dude's life. He's going to give a word? Listen, we are all sons and daughters of God full of the Spirit of God, which that alone is what qualifies us to be used by the, in the giftings and callings of God. Now, it don't mean being spotless, right? It means being covered. It means being a son and daughter and just allow that. Amen. Each of us have the gifts that can be given to us, right? Yes. Who, me? Yeah, you. That's, that's what we're doing. Just make sure you understand that this morning, okay? So let's look at the nine gifts. So if we were to split up how all of these nine gifts can be categorized, because I want to teach you and help you kind of wrap your mind around them, um, there's the revelation gifts, the power gifts, and kind of the vocal inspiration gifts, uh, if we were to categorize them in three ways. So we're going to look at the revelation gifts first. So the revelation gifts is a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Okay. So the revelation gifts can be kind of categorized as the eyes of God. They are the vehicle that God uses to reveal to the church and his people certain things that they could not know about in the natural. So these are, these are supernaturally, and understand this, these are supernaturally released. These are not something I know and be like, well, I know Gabe's going through this, and man, he could really be encouraged with this. And so then I kind of conjure up a, oh, well, 
it's going to get better, brother. You know, the Lord said when, you know, like, come on. Like, it's, it's not based on what we know. It's supernatural. It's something that the Spirit of God deposits in us. So the number one, word of wisdom. So what is a word of wisdom? It, is, it reveals a fraction of the mind of God concerning people, places, and things pertaining to the future. Um, with this gift, God lets us know how He wants us to deal with a specific situation as it arises in the future. Okay, so when we talk about a word of wisdom, uh, and understand it reveals a fraction of the mind of God. If God revealed the full uh, grasp of this idea, our minds would blow up. We could not contemplate it. We could not understand it. He just shows us a small fraction of what it is, but it's more futuristic. It's looking forward. It's giving you guidance and direction uh, about what you need to know. Why can God do this? Because God knows the future. He knows every, every finite detail of what our life is going to look like. What's to come? He's been with us in the past. He's with us in the present. He is the God of the future also. So he can give us these things in regards to the future. And he does these things through a word of wisdom. Number two, a word of knowledge. So this is revelation by the Holy Spirit giving a piece of God's knowledge or information concerning people and situations more in the present. That is a right now word. This is a right at that, this moment. And um, it's, it's, it's God's diagnosis of a problem maybe a sickness or any other situation in the present which, which, human, which is not humanly possible to know about. You know, sometimes sickness is, is tied to something we do or don't do or haven't done. Sometimes it's generational. Some, it can be all kinds of things. But when, when God releases a word of knowledge, He shows you something. And I don't, maybe you've had somebody give you a word of knowledge or gave a word of knowledge to the church, but it's always kind of a conditional, here, here's what you need to do, but you're doing one thing, but it's affecting something else. Right? It's not necessarily I'm coming up here to pray for healing, but it's I do this and it changes that because one thing is tied to something else is kind of how that, that spiritual whatever stuff works in there. But it's, it's a diagnosis of a problem in the here and now. It's a word for the moment. Uh, number three, discerning of spirits. So this is the ability to see into the spirit world. By, the insight, by this insight, the believer can see angels and demons and discern the condition of a human spirit, whether good or bad. So this is like putting on supernatural glasses where you can see the battle in the heavens and the, the good and the evil. I was like, man, this is probably like, I'd be sitting on my chair looking around me like, oh, let me tell you what I see. You know, but it's being able to see in the spirit. It's being able to discern the condition of the human spirit. Understand, this is not judgment. Oh, I discern you need to repent, brother. You got that sin. Come on. You think that's encouraging? If that's ever happened to you, that is not encouraging. If anything, that's discouraging. And I don't want to come back. And if you did it in the name of the gifts of the Spirit, now you're real mad, you're offended. You're like, man, like, kind of like, you got a problem with me? Tell me quietly by myself. Like, you know, it's a little bit different. But that's not what it, it's not judging. It's not walking around and be like, oh, man, all these heathens in this room. Let me speak a word to get them straight. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about seeing what's happening. Man, man, there's, there's a spirit of God that is moving over this place. And this is what's happening. He's coming in the room. And it's just giving us kind of this direct. It's like, oh. Or like, hey, there's, you know, there, there's some spiritual oppression in the place where God wants to free. Like, this, this is what it's going to kind of sound like. and look, But you can see it. Like it's in the room. It's like, man, I can see all these things. And man, the spirit of God is, man, he's just beginning to rest. on. And it's just, it's an illumination of these things. It's not a judgmental spirit, okay? I don't want to get super deep into this, but give you an idea of what it is. So th those are the three revelation gifts, the eyes of God, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, discerning of spirits. Number two, power gifts. So these are the hands of God. 
when we talk about the power gifts. So these are the vehicle that God uses to channel his power through his church to destroy the evil works. So we talk about the power gifts, the hands of God. This is the gift of special faith, gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. Okay? So when we talk about a gift of special faith, this is the manifestation. Remember, manifestation is a showing forth, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit supplying unlimited faith in a specific situation to achieve supernatural results. This special wonder-working faith is manifested in your life. God supernaturally empties you of all doubt and unbelief. This is supernatural. This is not normal faith. 100% to be honest, if I'm not operating in, in, in this gift of special faith, how many of you know we all pray with a little bit of doubt? How do I know that, Lord? I pray if you're willing to heal them. If you just so graciously show up today and work. I mean, there's always like this disclosure statement, right, of a, but Lord, let your will be done, right? You know, it's just kind of a, um, I say it's kind of like a blanketed faith prayer, right? You know, there's, there's faith, but there's some lack there. When we are operating in this supernatural gift of special faith, it is unlimited faith. It is the removal of any lack and doubt. It is like reassurance faith that only comes from God. And it's momentary. This isn't something that rests on you as a mantle of we're like, I'm going to walk in this unhindered faith. This is momentary. Understand, all of these gifts are for a moment. It can be a moment of where we can see great things happen in the Spirit, or it can be moments that we miss significant things in the Spirit. All right, so it's a moment thing, a gift of special faith. Number two, a gift of healings. So this is impartation of God's divine healing power through you to cure disease and heal the sick uh, and the afflicted instantly, in particular, being anointed to minister healing from different or specific kinds of sickness. Now, understand this. This is not you. This is not your special faith. This isn't because you're a pastor. This isn't because you read your Bible more than three times a year. You got that. Y'all better start reading that Bible. I'll ask you at the end of the year how many times you all oh, come on. All right. Get over that self box. Uh, but this, this is God's divine healing power. Understand this. God is the only one that has the ability to heal, to create, to, to reform, to form and fashion. You know, in the scripture where it says Jesus was with the people and the, and the power to, God, to heal was present. This is what it's talking about, where Jesus healed many. He did that by the divine power of the Holy Spirit, by the hand of God working in the lives of individuals. If the Holy Spirit is not flowing and working through people with that manifestation of, that, of his divine healing, we're not going to see the healing. I can pray in faith, but not going to see it happen unless that divine healing is flowing through us in the gift of healings. Number three, the working of miracles. So this is a special momentary gift of authority which he enables us. By this the anointing of God... Um, to intervene in the course of nature, to do something that could not be done naturally. So this is bending the rules of, of how God has established normal things, right? You know, there's a st story in the Old Bible, or in the Old Bible, in the Old Testament. It is an Old Bible. But the Old Testament of where this gentleman borrowed an axe and he dropped the head off into the river. And he goes to the prophet and he says, hey, I borrowed it. I lost it. It fell right here. Well, where did it go? So the, so the prophet shows up and he throws a stick in the water and that axe head begins to float. Well, I've never seen something made of metal or steel float on top of water. Understand it is breaking the natural laws of what is physically possible. Crossing the Red Sea, water to wine, all of these miracles that happen, these things that, that make absolutely no sense that are actually contrary to how it should happen the, the natural course of, of, of nature and order is changed. 
So that's what the working of miracles looks like. So when we talk about the power gifts, the hands of God, it's the gift of special faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. Okay? You guys sticking with me? Y'all overloaded yet? Almost? Sarah says, I'll just keep drinking this coffee. I'm trying to get it all in. Hey, um, be under, just, just, just let it saturate you. When you're hearing these, say, okay, Lord, that's what your word says. This is the list. I may not understand all of it, but I'm open to it. That's all I'm asking today is that you would understand this is the list. This is how he functions. These are the functions he uses, and we got to be open to it. May not fully understand it. May have never experienced them. Maybe we never hit that button. But if he does, that we're prepared and we know what it is, okay? Number three, the vocal inspiration gifts. So this is the mouth of God. These are people that say something. So this is the vehicle that God uses to supernaturally build up, strengthen, and encourage his church. Number one, so we have the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So number one, the gift of prophecy. So this is an utterance in a known tongue, not conceived by human thought or reasoning, spoken under the anointing of God to edify, encourage, strengthen, and comfort the church. Uh, if anybody has ever given a word and it did not edify, encourage, and strengthen, and comfort the church, and they called it prophecy, it is not prophecy. Prophecy is always going to edify, encourage, strengthen, and comfort the church. Right? I mean, I've, I've heard, people, oh, this is the prophetic word. It's like, man, I sure didn't feel good after that, right? Pretty easy to indicate, man, was this really a prophetic word? Or this was just like a in-your-head kind of word, like you had a word to need to get out, right? That was not a God word. So that prof the, the gift of prophecy is going to always edify. It's going to build up. Number two, the gift of tongues. And, and this is where we kind of start, ah, oh, man, all right, you're getting way out there. Hey, listen, I can wrap my mind around tongues. You start talking about healings and miracles and all this other stuff. That's where I'm kind of like, oh, come on, Jesus. I can deal with tongues. Y'all getting wigged out with tongues? I'm wigged out about the floating axe head, okay? So we want to be open to all of them. So, so the gift of tongues. Understand this. This is an utterance given by a spirit-filled Christian, a, a, a Christian that has really asked for the baptism and the Holy Spirit has fully been released in their life, proclaiming in a public meeting. That means you're going to be in a public place, a church service, a prayer meeting where other people are, a message from God in a language unknown and not understood by the person giving it. It is always used in conjunction with the gift of interpretation of tongues. So Paul talks about in Scripture, he says, I'd rather you prophesy, but if you're going to speak in tongues, it, it, is, it is paramount. It's important that you speak in a tongue, but also with an interpretation. So prophecy is better, but tongues with interpretation is the equivalent of prophecy because it gives the interpretation of what the tongue is. If I just came up here and I spoke in a tongue, it's like, hey, awesome. Y'all got that? Y'all are looking at me like... We have no clue what you said, bro. It's not going to edify. It's probably going to confuse. If anything, it's going to frustrate me. Like, well, that wasn't any good. Right? If I, was, if I was speaking Greek all this morning, anybody know Greek in the room? Like full-fledged. What if I was preaching in Greek and I said, all right, at the end, and I said, amen. You're going to look at me and be like, man, that was awesome. Probably way too long for me not understanding it. But I walked away not knowing any of it. So unless there's an interpretation... So they, they work together. So um, let me cover a few things about tongues because I feel like this one's kind of the slippery slope. This is sometimes the challenging one. Uh, I've had individuals ask me, well, what if I feel like, I, I, like God is going to use me to, to speak a gift in tongues and I don't have the interpretation? Well, let me tell you what. If this is really inspired by the Holy Spirit and he is speaking a message in tongues, guess what? The interpretation is in the room. 
Why would he say, oh, well, I'm going to give you tongues, but I ain't going to give you the interpretation. He wouldn't do that. Now, there's two ways that this happens. Sometimes the one that gives the tongue also gets the interpretation. You know what I always think is super cool? I think it's even more uh, faith building when I'm like, hey, you get the tongue, but you get the interpretation. How does this work? All I can figure, I've never done this. I've never operated in this. We have people in the church that have, but I feel like when they hear it, they just know what's said, and they're like, oh, man, he just spoke it in tongues, but I know what it says. So understand also it says an interpretation of tongues, not a translation in tongues. Because I've seen a tongue go a long way where it's like, man, and they just keep going. And you're like, man, I wonder what they said. It's like, oh, homeboy just said God loves you a whole lot and he forgives you more than you know. Well, that's it? Yes, it's an interpretation. It's not a word for word. It doesn't say translation of tongue. It says an interpretation. You know, you can be real long-winded and just say, hey, God loves you. Right? That's, in the essence, that's what we're wanting. We're not wanting a word for word because that's always caught me off guard. I was like, hold on, Lord, you're telling me. He said all that and that's all that meant because it's an interpretation. But the two should work together. Let me dissect one more thing for you. When we talk about tongues, we have to understand that there is a tongues with interpretation for church edification and there is a tongue given to the believer for personal edification. You need to dissect and separate these just for a minute. So any of you, or if you've heard scripture where it says they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, they all spoke all at one time. Um, There was no interpretation of those tongues, but it just so happened those tongues were known tongues because the ones around them understood what was being said. It says we hear them declaring the praises of God in our known language. But that was a gift of tongues for personal edification. Now, Paul says, hey, I pray in tongues more than all of you, but if you're in a public place, make sure you interpret them. Understand there is a function of tongues with interpretation for the church, but there's also a gift of tongues for the edification of the believer for yourself to build you up. In Jude, it says, build yourself up by, pray, build yourself up by praying in the Spirit. Build who up? Me. That has nothing to do with corporate edification. That has everything to do with me being built up. Now, just so you know, if you didn't know, you know how often your pastor prays in the Spirit? Every single weekend. Every time. Now, I'm over here, personal edification. I'm trying to tap into what the Spirit of God is doing. I'm trying to get in line with what the Spirit of God is doing. Um, For me to come up here and just begin to pray in the Spirit, y'all going to look at me and be like, huh, what are we doing here? So, I think sometimes we can, you know, which I'm kind of a stickler. I said, man, if you're praying just in a prayer for yourself between you and God, stay out of the mic. Like we don't want to get confused. Oh, is there an interpretation there? Because it's just personal, you know, it seems like personal gibberish to all of us, but it is allowing me to be connected with God. So we got to separate the two, right? So when we see that separation of the two, it's easy to understand in Scripture, it's not necessarily contradicting itself, but it's talking about two different things, one for corporate edification, one for personal edification. I wish I could unpack that a little bit more because, man, that is a powerful thing. But understand this. There is a prayer language that God gives you that, that is, I think, directly connected with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that God desires to give that gift to every believer for personal edification. But this operation of the gift of tongues with the interpretation of tongues is not necessarily the same thing. It's not necessarily, I don't even think, the same language. Because I'll tell you what, God would have to give it in a totally different language for me to know it's different. Right? All right. 
So just want to make sure I separate those two so you understand those two, but it should always be done with, you know, when we talk about for church edification. Did, did, every, does every, did somebody not know that there was two purposes of tongues? Anybody this morning right here? It's important. That, that, that will unravel. It will change your whole... You're like, because you put it together, you're like, well, he says do it, but then he says it doesn't do it, but he says he does it more than everybody else. I don't understand Paul. He's talking about two different things. So when we separate the two, anything done from this pulpit in this church is going to be done in a way that's orderly with the requirement of tongues with interpretation. You know, I always thought about it. Somebody said, well, what if somebody comes and gives a tongue and uh, there's no interpretation? I said, well, I guess after we linger for a little while, it's like, well... Praise God, let's move on. I don't know. Like if there's no, I mean, we're just going to like discard it. But what if somebody gives a word in tongue and there's an interpretation? We're all edified and encouraged. We're like, man, that was awesome. That's what we want, okay? So nine gifts, gifts of the Spirit. These are all functions. They're released by the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of special faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, Gift of prophecy, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. So that is how the Holy Spirit teaches us all of these things. Illumination of His Word and, and releasing the gifts of the Spirit. We're good? All right, I got just one more little part. So how, how does He remind us of all of these things? So we figured out how does He teach us, but how does He remind us? So what, what is required to be reminded? So we must have already been told, I kind of started with this, I'm going to end with this. For us to be reminded of something, we need to have already been made aware of something you're reminding. So it's like when I give my children an instruction to go clean their room and they're sitting around doing nothing and, and, and they, they know what they should be doing. I don't come and show the, and tell them again, hey, this is what you should be doing. I, I, I ask them, hey, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Most kids are like, well, you know, whatever. You know, it's a, you know what you're supposed to be doing. You've already had the instruction. You've already had that guidance. Um, and then the best response is, hey, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, but then go do what you're supposed to be doing or stop doing what you're supposed to not be doing. Um, how many of you, when you were younger, your parents left you a note of instructions of what to do? They left maybe before you got up. You always knew where that note was. You could read the instructions. And let me tell you what, when mom and dad get home, oh, I didn't see the note or read the note. That is not going to suffice to the situation. I don't know if all you young kids have those notes. I remember those notes. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to not do. In the same way, when God shows up and he's given us the notes of what we're supposed to do and we haven't read scripture and he's left us those notes, it's not going to be good when he shows up and we're like, wait, I didn't know that I was supposed to read it. I didn't know that was my instruction. So in the same way, you know, we want to get back to doing what he has told us to do. So he reminds us of those things that we've already meditated on, those things we've already read. Now, I understand there's forgetfulness. There's like, oh, man, I did two things, but I didn't do all three. But there's a blatant, sometimes there's a blatant refusal to do anything. Laziness, rebellion, it doesn't really matter what it is, but change your posture, change what you're doing. What you're putting in is what you're going to get out. But he's going to remind us of things that he's already told us. He's going to remind us of things that we've already read. Um, so we want, we want to allow the Word of God to be that source of, of, of reminding. You know, I was looking at some statistics of how many people in the world still don't have access to the Bible. So Wycliffe is an organization that is strategically working to, to, to build Bibles in every translation. But there's still 1,268 languages that as of right now, there's no work being done to translate the Bible in those languages. 
1,268. Now, that is not the case for us. We have Bibles like everywhere. We have them on our phone. Most people have tons of Bibles at the house, different translations, all of these things. You know, but we want, to, we want to make sure that the notes that God has given us, we're reading those things, we're looking at those things so that the Holy Spirit can remind us of those things. Um, but I thank God that he reminds me of those things that I've put in. You know, but it's kind of trying to, to draw out of an empty well. It's just not going to happen. Now, I've seen times where the Holy Spirit will just make up for a zero lack but I think what honors God and what the Holy Spirit uses is when we've made that deposit, now he has something to draw with, right? It's amazing what happens. Stuff that I put in, stuff that I read, the, the stuff that, that the Holy Spirit will bring up in a service. Man, I'll be like, man, check that out. Quoting that, that's straight up Holy Ghost because I don't remember things like that. <clears throat> My wife could pull that off. I don't pull that off. But that's what the Holy Spirit, if, the, if we will put it inside of us, the Holy Spirit will draw it out of us. Um, but he reminds us of scriptures. He brings to our remembrance. Um, <clears throat> anybody ever been praying and asking God for his perfect will, maybe for something in our life, and then all of a sudden he deposits like three or four scriptures in your mind, like here's this one, <laughs> and here's this one, and then here's this one, and then we're like, Lord, why don't you speak to me? And he's like, I already did. Reminding you of all of these things. Because what the Holy Spirit is speaking and what the Holy Spirit is leading is always going to be in agreement with the word. It's never going to contradict it, but he's going to illuminate our path. He's going to guide us by his scriptures, <clears throat> but he's only going to remind us of those things that we've already put inside. All right. So the Holy Spirit, he teaches and he reminds us of all things. Praise God for that. That's a big part of what the Holy Spirit does. Um, so in closing, I want to remind you that um, we are not the gift we don't even have the gift, but we can deliver the gift to the church, to the body of Christ. And it can be a blessing to all of us. Can you stand up with me? Um, think of uh, Amazon Prime and all of the stuff delivered. and <laughs> Probably, I don't know, I'm going to say it's more than millions. It's probably billions of dollars. I don't know what's higher than billions, trillions. So much money invested in all of these things that get delivered to our doorstep because somebody's doing their job. And we paid for those things. And they're valuable to us, especially when they show up not damaged like they're supposed to and they show up on time. How much more do you think that those things that God is wanting to get to us sent by His Spirit, that He's concerned about those things getting to us? Every gift He had us in mind to edify, to encourage, to uplift. He flows through the function of his gifts and he chooses us to be able to disperse those gifts. How many of you this morning would be willing if God gave you that gift to give that gift to the church, to give that gift to, to, to your loved ones, to just be a vessel of saying, Lord, here I am. I ain't got nothing. What you see is what you get, Lord. But if he would so graciously give you a gift that you would give that gift and you would give it to the church. Uh, lift your hands if that, if that was you. I'm gonna pray for you. That, uh, Lord, you see each hand here. You see each person who's willing to, to just uh, really cooperate with just releasing gifts in, in and through our lives. So, Father, I pray that as you give these gifts, that we would just give these gifts away. We aren't the gift and we don't have the gift, but you have the gift. 
So, Father, I pray that as you give those and you release those through our lives, that we'd give them to your people. And Father, I pray we wouldn't mess it up, that we wouldn't interpret it, we wouldn't add to it, we wouldn't take away from it. Father, that we would just relay the message you're speaking to us. Because that's the way you wanted it to be sent. That's the way you wanted it to be spoke. And, Father, I pray you would do whatever you want with it. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, uh, I see that a lot. You know, God gives you a word to give to people and you try to add to it. It's not your responsibility to add to it. It's not, your, it's not your responsibility to fix it. You ever try to do that? Oh, Lord, let me fix it real quick for you. Come on. Release the message. Give the message. And then allow the people who are receiving it to interpret what that means for them. Because God can speak the same word to all of us and it means different things to all of us. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. In a mighty, mighty way. Got prayer teams, if you'll go ahead and make your way up. Before, before we conclude this, this series, I'm going to give you, a, give you an, another chance. This doesn't mean it's the only time we're going to allow you a chance to respond uh, to just the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But um, man, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today's the day. You know, you, Man, who cares about all this stuff if you don't even have a relationship with God yet? So the most important thing you can ever do is accept Jesus. The free gift of salvation into your life believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, not anything we can earn. Definitely we don't deserve it, but putting our faith in it. Uh, that's the first step for you. If you've already done that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to come in and fully be released in your life, that's when you will tap into all of these gifts. You cannot do it by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit working and flowing in and through you. So that's something you want to do today. I want to give you a chance to do that. Um, just want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit, we're, we're concluding this series, but I pray that this is just the beginning of the Holy Spirit continuing to work mightily in the lives of his people, in the life of his church, that we would begin to see these gifts function like God wants them and the Holy Spirit wants them to function in the life of the church. Amen? You know, we're not always going to get it right. Man, but I'd rather try to get it right than not try at all. Amen? Can we let God help us not mess it up? Any of you this morning need kind of a reset mind of being able to trust the Holy Spirit in these gifts maybe? You're having a hard, you're having a hard time saying, man, I trust the Holy Spirit, but I don't know about the function of these gifts because we've seen them abused or we've seen them not worked out right. Anybody dealing with that? You're just kind of caught up in a previous way of functioning in those and it's really hindering you this morning. Anybody? All right. That, mean, that means and we just trust and we, we allow them wide open and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and teach us what it looks like. Amen? So we'll have the altar open if, if you're wanting to respond this morning. But I pray you leave this place expecting to see the Holy Spirit move in power in and through your life and in the life of the church. Right? We want, if we want the Holy Spirit, we get all the Holy Spirit if it's tongues, it's tongues. If it's prophecy, it's prophecy. If it's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, I don't really care, Holy Spirit. I just want you. And let that be our hearts. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.